0: Hello and welcome to Let It Be, a podcast about less doing and more being. This is episode 59.
1: So Brooke, today we thought we'd take a little break from our usual existential musings and talk about one of our favorite topics, which is what we're reading. Suits. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Can we just stop there for a second? And like, can I just say, have you watched Breaking Bad? Yes. Okay.
0: I love Breaking Bad. Did you Bad. love it?
1: Okay. So, I'm three episodes in. So yesterday, I got on Facebook. I was two two episodes in at that stage. I got on Facebook and I'm like, okay, guys, on a scale of one to Suits, where is Breaking Bad? <laughs> And the vast oh, and the vast majority of people are like, um, you cannot even compare them, like seriously.
0: Yeah. I've only watched a few episodes of suits. I think I'm up to like episode six of season one. Yeah. And I <laughs> like they're not the same thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like
1: breaking bad is dark and it's also oh, yeah. these first three eps are, are so slow moving so i'm just like like the second episode i was like nah i'm because ann mm. wants to watch it my brother-in-law gave us like all the episodes so we're so we've got them all there and that's like okay we've we've got to stop watching suits we've we've watched it twice now um <laughs> <laughs> and, And season seven. They do make other
0: TV shows.
1: (laughs) I just haven't been able to commit. But anyway, everyone was just like, you have to watch Breaking Bad. It's amazing. Blah, blah, blah. But anyway, so we've watched, we watched like the first two episodes and I'm like, all right, this has got one more episode to get good.
0: Mm -hmm. Otherwise
1: I am done. But yeah, everybody in that Facebook thread was like, yeah, one you can't compare. On a scale of one to suits, like Breaking Bad is like a million, yes. Um, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, the character development, et cetera. But, but Carly, my Straight and Curly podcast co-host, she did say it's it's very dark and you do have to sit, you have to watch
0: it with a buddy. Yeah, yeah can- it's it's dark and it's it's... Yeah, it's a show that you need a co watcher yeah, I think, to, to kind be able of, to at look at end, each other and go, "What just you know, happened? What just happened?" <laughs> oh man, oh. Uh, I loved it though. It took me a while, and I did find it quite uh, confronting. Some episodes, it's, yeah, it's real dark in some episodes, but the character development is for like it's a phenomenal, phenomenal.
1: Yeah, phenomenal. well, that's what I've never saying. known a
0: show as well written. As Breaking Bad. Like, there probably is. Please feel free to share them <laughs> yeah. if listening because I love well-written TV. It's phenomenal. It, but it also depends on your tolerance for violence and darkness, too. If you don't like violent or dark shows, then you're probably not going to like it, you know. And I, I think that's fine. But it's it's one of the best shows I've ever watched.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Deadwood. Deadwood is another one. <laughs> but, um
1: Yeah, I think Because it got cancelled. Yeah, I'm all a huge fan of brilliant writing and brilliant character development. So I'll stick it out for a little, a few more episodes. But um, just given the fact that even Ant had to put a pillow over his face last night when we were watching it, we were watching Mm. episodes, I was like, okay, that says something. Mm. So Mm -hmm. yeah. There are moments (laughs) that, that
0: really stick with me still to this oh, day Oh God! all right yeah. well I persist with it base
1: is funny because like you've got like the lightness and snappiness and fast pacedness of suits and then i've moved on to so I, i've probably picked a pretty terrible show to like go you go from suits to breaking yeah. bad it's a bit
0: of like a- suits is very glossy and yeah. like it's kind of quite neat yes um, from what neat. i've seen you know it's satisfying and you get answers every episode and you know people like their characters seem to move forward but it's in like a really linear kind of yes. clean, clean way from what I've I've seen. That's not so much the case with Breaking
1: Bad. <laughs> I do, and I guess like because we're on the topic of, of books we've read, but I have to say I so appreciate good writing yep. on serialised shows like this because it's actually frigging hard like, you know, to – to oh, keep, yeah. yeah, to keep developing characters and, and like quite often, like some, you know, at some point in Suits, Ant would be like, what the hell is that? What is going on there? And I'm like, okay, yep. here's what's going on. The writers got a bit stuck and now yep. they need to get this person out of the situation. A plot device. Yeah. So that they exactly. can develop them further. It's like, so say the whole of season six of Suits, like a lot of people hated it, but I'm like, holy crap. They have set up season seven to be an absolute cracker. So I'm right. yeah, I'm so excited about season seven and it was worth, you know, pushing through season six to get there. And I, I've watched the mm. shows kind of from the writer's point of view and go, oh, I see what they're doing there. That's pretty cool. Yes. So yeah.
0: yeah. I just yeah. And my only my only <laughs> my takeaway with the writing of Breaking Bad is that we would Ben and I would Finish an episode or finish a season, and we would look at each other and just marvel. At yeah, the like it was never a. I can see the machinations of the writing room here. Like I can see what they were trying to do. It was just brilliant. That would just you yeah, know? and that's yeah. good
1: writing, isn't it? Where you just go absolutely wow, like yeah. Ha- how how do they do yeah, that it's
0: it's it's awesome so i would recommend that if you can deal with the darkness to stick with it for another few episodes
1: okay i will well yeah. it will be episode four tonight and everyone reckons things start moving along quicker in episode yeah. four. the first few
0: episodes are quite um quite slow yeah very, yeah,
1: slow, yeah. Very, yeah. very slow, very very and I put up with that in House of Cards. So in House of Cards, it's very very yeah. slow in some episodes. And then but everything happens. Yeah, and but then there's always a really good payoff. So you're like, okay, yeah. I don't know if you can take another episode. Of this, oh, okay, that was worth it. So yeah. I'm assuming that Breaking Bad is going to be like that. So
0: yeah.
1: All right. So books. What what are you reading right now?
0: Right now I'm actually reading um, book four of a series of Stephen King's. Yeah, you're back into Stephen
1: King now, aren't you? Back on the Stephen King (laughs) chain.
0: So I read the first three books, the Dark Tower series, a couple of years ago. And my local secondhand bookshop had the last three books, the, the seven in the series, and they had the last three. So I picked them all up and I'm back into that. It's called Wizard and Glass. Yeah. And... It's really great. Is it um, horror? Most people aren't going to like it. No, it's it's, um, fantasy. Ah, I didn't know
1: Stephen King
0: wrote fantasy. That changes everything. Really interesting. (laughs) I had a conversation with someone today about Stephen King and she's come at Stephen King. She's a lifelong fan, but she came at it from horror. I came at it from science fiction slash fantasy. So the first Ah. Stephen King book that I ever read was called Cell, which – There is a zombie element to it, but it's much more, it's not horror. Like it's not, it's not horrifying. It's more a really human story. Yeah, And then um, The Stand is certainly not horror. It's more like there's scary stuff in it, but it's not horror like ghosts and vampires and, you know whatnot, pet symmetry. And hands and coming up from toilets and disemboweling you and things like that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I, I'm I will read horror now. Um here's horror now, but my entry point into it was much more science fiction fantasy. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, if you like fantasy, I don't know if you do or not. But, uh, I um, lo- I it's... mean
1: that's my that's my genre. Like I, I love sci-fi and fantasy and I actually had no idea that Stephen King
0: actually wrote that. Oh, like I well, thought gonna give he you was a whole all... list of books then. Oh um, unreal. yeah. So you read read the stand, read under the the dome, read eleven twenty two sixty three, read the Dark Tower series. Um, that should keep you going for like a year. Oh,
1: that's awesome. Cause yeah, I'm I'm always like I've got my fantasy writers that I love and I'll talk about one of them today. Um, but I Kind of have read everything they've written, and I mm. I find it really hard to invest in a new fantasy author because I'm like, oh, what if they're crap? Like, because yep. because because when you read fantasy, like it's an investment. Like you have to get yourself into a whole new world.
0: Oh yeah, understand. And they the world. are usually big books, yeah, and big investment.
1: And there's all in they're always trilogies or more or like yep. fourteen book things. Robert Jordan <laughs> can't do. I got to like I got to book like ten, and I was like, I'm done because every mm. time a new one came out, I had to start again at the start and I was like, I can't read 10 books to get to number to read no. number 11 again. No, I, can't. <laughs> um, I don't have time. <laughs> stop doing that. Stop with the epic 14 book things. But, yeah, no, I'm excited. Okay, well, that's cool. I, I can yeah. get into Stephen King then because, yeah, I've always thought of him as horror and I can't do horror. And do you know what? I did this New York something, something or whatever. It was a writing competition. <laughs> New York somebody somebody they ran a writing storytelling competition in January, and I signed up mm. for it and um, but what it is is like they give you the topic and the genre and you and then you have to and then you 've got a week to write a short story about it unfortunately That's cool. yeah it 's really cool, and I just thought, oh, this will be a really cool exercise to do because i 'm not used to writing short yeah i don 't write fiction as a rule, but I was keen to just kind of have a crack at it. Um, unfortunately my first genre was horror and you know what like I was actually giving myself anxiety attacks trying to come up with things that were that were horrifying enough for a a horror story and because I haven't read horror I don't actually know you know about the general plot devices or tropes or anything like that so I was having to try and come up with myself with it myself and now I end up giving myself nightmares and yeah so I was like okay I'm out (laughs) I was was so disappointed. I was like, can I do clever horror? Is there such a thing as
0: non horror horror?
1: I don't think so. I
0: think I actually think that there is. And I think
1: Stephen King does. I mean, he, well, I looked him up. He actually, he has written a post about like the kind of 20 touch points for horror. Like we, and it was really interesting and it for doesn't me.
0: have to be ghosts and demons and you know vampires and stuff like it doesn't need to be it can it totally can be but it's
1: well it's a human element of horror that gets me that's and that's exactly what he's right. like he's like usually in horror like a human is forced to make a decision between one really bad thing and another really bad thing and it's that's usually the actual yeah, horror yeah and that's yeah. the horror and that was where i was like okay i can't i just can't do mm. it i cannot just trying to think up scenarios where a human is thinking, like what's a horrifying thing I can think of, like a kid dying yeah. or a kid yeah. being asked to sacrifice your kid for some other greater cause. Like and then as soon as I started thinking that, I just went to pieces and I was like, okay. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I'm done with this. So <laughs> the book I've read most recently is clearly not horror. I actually, while I was away in the Philippines, I read Sarah Wilson's new book, <gasps> which is it- Have you read it? Mm-hmm
0: yeah i'm in the middle of reading it yeah
1: it's it's quite an extraordinary book Mm -hmm. it's so first we make the beast beautiful and it's it's sarah talking about anxiety and it's just the way that it's written is i'm quite jealous because it's kind of how i wanted to write my next book and i kind of Mm. feel like if i do that now i'm going to be copying a bit where it like (laughs) she really really mixes her own experiences with science and throws in a lot of positing things as well as in you look you know I don't know if this works. There's no science behind it, but give it a try, kind yeah, of. This has
0: been my experience. Yeah, because so, yeah. I also read
1: books with my editor hat on because I yep. I edit books as well from a structural point of view, and I was just like, "Wow, this is this book flows so well. Yet it's mm-hmm. it's structured in a way that I couldn't have even begun to do this. Like, yes. who did this? It's amazing. It is.
0: It is. It's a really genuinely wonderful book. Like I've already sent recommendations to my sisters and and I haven't even finished it yet. I just think there's I, I mean I I highly admire Sarah Wilson and what she's done and the way she's brought conversations mm, to the surface yes. in Australia that that we uncomfortable been conversations yeah. that people
1: don't mm. want to have and she's not afraid to start them and then keep them going in the face of people kind of pushing back and going, oh, who are you to, you know, who are you to talk about this? You're not a psychologist. You're not a
0: doctor. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I love how at the very start of the book, she says, you know, I have come at this book like I'm not a psychologist, but I wanted to make sure that everything that I wrote in here was responsible, you know, in that way. So, you know, she made sure that psychologists read it and kind of yes. vetted everything that she said, and she wasn't to make sure it
0: wasn't harmed, yeah,
1: that's yeah. right and i really I really admire and kind of follow her approach like she has influenced my writing on my blog greatly in that mm. that's always been her approach to things like you know even if I'm not an expert if I'm not an expert on this topic, I will make clear that I'm not an expert on this topic, but I will research the hell out of it, and I will also bring in experts to kind of just validate anything that i'm saying before i share them with you or if i share yep. something with you that has you know is really only anecdotal in nature or experiential in nature i will make that abundantly clear but having said that i will never share anything that can cause harm if people yes. take it in its most literal way so i love the book i fin- it took me a while to get through it's quite a big book but yeah it's just an extraordinary journey and i just think anybody who has experienced anxiety or who know somebody you know who has a partner or a loved one who has anxiety and they don't you don't really understand it i think this book just does a really remarkable job of talking about it basically
0: absolutely and just paints it with with many human faces yeah and it's yeah i i think she she removes the stigma um and she also removes the like the The self-loathing of it Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's just putting it out there as as a very human experience, a very personal experience, but she's also not by no stretch of the imagination alone in it, you know, and I think she knows that in writing it and there's some, there's a a confidence there in, in sharing it, that she's like, she's not alone in, in the way she's felt with felt over the years and the way she's dealt with things and and not dealt with things. Uh, Yeah. I just think it was, it's, it's wonderful. I'm really, really, just truly enjoying it a lot. Yeah, I'm
1: the same. I Because I, th- I looked at it and thought, really? I like it. it's quite a fat book and you know, it's mm. all about anxiety. Like what what can it – but yeah, I, I love the way that the, her underlying message is ironically what, what you just said, that anxiety can be a very lonely thing because you think you're the only one. But yeah. once you realize you're not, it, it's a lovely thing to know. But I love also Sarah's message of going instead of fighting against it and trying to cure <laughs> it, like let's – let's work with it and let's yeah let's make the beast beautiful and i just
0: yeah exactly
1: it was just yeah fantastic yeah fantastic Uh, read highly recommended
0: yeah same um so what else are you reading um have you just read
1: so i um i'm gonna give a little bit of a plug here for a book that i i structurally edited which is kate toon's confessions of a misfit entrepreneur so going like you know A little bit off base from anxiety, but kind of in the same vein because so Kate is someone I've known for a long time. She writes very regularly for Flying Solo, which I edit. I love Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur because it's all Kate's experiences of doing things wrong. And I've got like, you know, my... rabbit fingers in the air, like all the things that people tell you not to do when you're an entrepreneur or you know, you're starting your own business she's basically done all everything the wrong way and yet managed to run three very successful businesses and yeah she's a fantastic storyteller like I I kind of read her writing and then I have a bit of a um, crisis of confidence because I'm like yeah. oh,
0: she's I, so funny yeah she's such a funny clever writer yeah so think, frank
1: and yeah. open and not yeah. afraid to be vulnerable and yeah there's just everything a, that I've ever read yeah. of hers
0: is wonderful yeah it is I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and her book's fantastic and it's beautiful yeah and it's beautifully structured just quietly almost like Sarah's book like you'll read Kate's book and go oh thank god I'm not the only mm-hmm. one it's got a very very much a me too kind of potential to it so yeah if you mm. own a business or you kind of like a you know you're running your own business from home by yourself and you feel like you're just doing everything wrong or you don't have the capacity to do all the things that everyone tells you you should do like read Kate's book and you will just feel so much better about your own journey and feel so much more empowered to just kind of do things your way and you know Yeah, we can listen to experts and we can listen to people saying do things this way, but ultimately we all have to walk our own paths and I love how Kate's book kind of gives people permission to, to do that. Yeah, it's really cool. lovely. It's
0: self-published?
1: It's self-published. Yeah, she's just done a fantastic job with it. Yeah, I'm very is proud it of Has she released it? Yeah, so it's out oh, now. awesome. Okay. I think it's katetoon.com.au slash misfit. If you go there and it's on Amazon and all the all the usual places as well. Yeah, and it's That's just awesome. freshly, freshly out. Like so fresh, I actually don't have my own copy yet. It's on its way to Western Australia, okay. which Australia Post thinks is a different country. <laughs> We're not. We're attached to Australia. It's not that very, far away. Very, very, very attached. Yeah. So what else are you or have you been reading recently?
0: Uh, I just finished. So the, the most recent book that I finished was The Good People by Hannah Kent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So she wrote Burial Rites which was a couple of years ago, which was wonderful. Amazing. Oh, I still think about Burial Rites all the time. The Good People was, it was really good. My mother-in-law gave it to me. She was a little bit – because she loved Burial rights so much. I Which is bit, hard,
1: yeah, because it's yeah. like that whole first book thing. And when a first book yep. goes ballistic like that first book did and won a lot of awards as well, you kind of yep. go, oh, God, like how do you top that or how do you follow that up? So I'm, I'm relieved that you said that this second book is, is still good.
0: Yeah, I, I really liked it. I can understand why she was a bit miffed by it, but mm. it was – Probably actually more disturbing than the first book. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, for different reasons. But she paints such an amazing – I've never – I mean, her character- characterization. Oh, man. I, I've just – the people, they're real. They are yes. real. And the places that she, she describes, that she creates, they're, they're real. And there's so much – research and respect for i mean because the first book was it was iceland in the 1800s this is ireland in 1825 1826 so the level of research that she's done in order to paint this picture of this rural community and the folklore of of ireland in that time was amazing And, and kind of this like the interplay between the catholic church and the like fairy tales and folklore and and how the, that tension kind of built between people over time. It was just amazing, amazing. Yeah, I, I found my, I closed the book and I was quite <laughs> disturbed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> have, you read, um, yeah. have you read A Little Life?
0: I haven't
1: and I don't know if I can. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you can and you should and everyone uh, should. And like if I can get through it, like I did have to take a break in the middle. And I did have to kind of like reach out to my friend Vanessa, who I knew had read it and gone, like, I'm I'm in the middle and I don't know if I can keep going and she's like, Just just keep going, just keep going because it is very dark, but in the same yeah, in the same in that Hannah Kent vein, like the the people you just, you care so deeply for them. They are your mm. friends. You you wince when they act out of character or when they do something not quite right. And you're just like, oh, but you're so much better than that. And, you know, like you're rooting for mm. them. And But yeah, it is, I've heard people call it and describe it as tragedy porn. Yes, there is a certain element of that, but it's such a tiny part of the book compared to like, yeah, the the expansive storytelling and the relationships between the characters and yeah, just the way that it makes you feel and moves you. I just think is amazing. Like it. Yeah. But yeah, amazing. I, I kind of finished that book and then I was like, I can't read anything ever again. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> like I can't yeah. write. I can't write. I will never be able to write again. <laughs> and I can't read anything ever again. Just like, I can't <laughs> I, what I actually read it again straight away. Cause I was like, I can't read. Another, oh wow. Yeah. I can't read another book. Straight after reading this, because I feel sorry for whoever I choose. That they're, you, no, they're never going to stack yeah, up. Yeah, I feel sorry for the author. They're always going to just be
0: second best. And you read something like The Hunger Games, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah that's right. You go, <laughs> you go for your comfort read, like you go for your
0: Bill exactly. Bryson or something. Yep
1: yeah do you know what else I've um I just picked up the other day because I I kind of I've just had this big long chain of non-fiction so I was like okay I just need some fiction what have we got oh Hugh Howie cool good old Hugh Howie Um, has have you read Beacon?
0: No, I didn't. You posted about yeah. it recently. I didn't actually realize that he had a new book.
1: Yeah, I don't know how new it is or, or whatever, but it's it's kind of the same kind of thing that he always does. Like it's kind of like a series of five novellas, but all put into one. So I'm kind of like three okay. and a half, three through now, and yeah, yeah, it's good. It's you. You enjoying yeah, it? Yeah, it's not like okay. nothing. He's. I felt he's written has been as good as and as compelling as wool. But, yeah. you know, it and this is hard, isn't it, for authors, isn't it? It's a bit the Leon Moriarty thing. is like once you have like this blockbuster thing or so
0: characters that people yeah. just love and they just oh, never like.
1: Like Graham Simpson and, and. Yeah, The
0: Rosie Project. The Rosie
1: Project. Yeah. You know, even The Rosie Effect struggled to live up to that, even though it was the same characters, because that yeah. first book was just so amazing. But having said that, like, Beacon's great. It's if you love Hugh Howey or if you love your science fiction and you like kind of something that's an easy read, like, that's that's been okay. good. And sometimes you need that easy honest. read, like, after you yeah. have these, like really dense nonfiction books or these dense, because I I love Sarah Wilson's book, but it was a hard read a lot of the time and you're kind of like, oh, this is actually kind of half provoking and anxiety
0: taking me right now. I often read for escapism. Yes. So I don't read as much nonfiction as I used to. I love just escaping into another world, which is probably why I like, I'm really enjoying the Stephen King series. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll add that to my list. I just I also finished an Alex Miller book, which is an author, Australian author that I didn't really know much about, but my cousin put me onto it, knowing that I'm a big Tim Winton fan. And I read Journey to Stone Country, which I quite, I really quite liked. Same thing. There's characters in that that, that as far as I'm concerned, they're real people. Yeah. You know, he spoke to lots of tensions in Australian culture that, in a really beautiful, realistic kind of way. I, I quite enjoyed it. It made me want to travel you know, out into the, mm. to the outback as well It's similar to Tim Winton. He really, the, 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 the landscape is a character.
1: In, yeah. In his book. So, right.
0: Yeah. And the other one that I read oh, probably about a month ago now is called Skylarking by Kate Mildenhall. Oh yeah. Uh, and she actually, I think she listens to either this podcast or the slow home podcast. Oh, right. She contacted me <laughs> not long after her book came out and, and just like mentioned it. I'm like I need to check this out. And it's, and it's a really great book i liked it a lot it's set in maybe the late 1800s early 1900s in a uh, like a colony around a lighthouse in jervis bay in new south wales Um, okay and it's it's just again one of those stories that i keep coming back to you know books you finish like that was great i enjoyed that you never think about them again this is not one of those It's it, it's really worth a read it's so it's Kate Milligan Hall and it's Mildenhall. Skylarking. Yeah. Skylarking. Yeah. Um cuz this is how uh, I this
1: is how I choose books because like there are so so many amazing books out there how do you even how do you start how do you choose? Well that's it. Exactly. Yeah, actually I will say the name of the book? The Circle. So, Kerry Sackville, who has never, ever put me wrong with books, like she introduced me to Cheryl Strayed, um, Tiny Beautiful Things. Yeah. Um, but this book, um, The Circle by Gary Egger, I think, um, some fiction. And it's basically a kind of a, a reflection on how – it's like a facebook type in the circle is like facebook in this book and but the circle kind of takes over everything right. so it's kind of almost dystopian but not really but in the real mm-hmm. world kind of thing and kerry said oh loved it got amazing amazing reviews but for whatever reason like i just never really i kept going with it going it's it's going to get amazing at some stage or it's going to mm-hmm. be some big payoff and it. For me, it never happens. I'm curious if anybody else who listens to this podcast has read the circle, come into the Let It Be group on Facebook and tell me if you enjoyed it or not. Because yeah, Kerry has never ever sent me wrong, but that's the very first time it's happened. And I was like, what did I miss in this mm, book? I have to check it out. Yeah. Cause it was, you know, I think it was, it was very prescient, like, you know, cause it was written, I think a little while ago. So, and it's, it is the kind of a bit of a heads up for like watch out guys this is where we're heading for but at the same time I just did not quite believe in it and I didn't really I think also I didn't want any of the characters so that might have been the problem yeah,
0: big problem yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: if you not if you not re- yeah if you're not loving the, any of the characters in particular you don't care what
0: happens to them I mean, and I think that that was it
1: them. I wasn't invested in certainly the main character but really any of the characters at all and I was like okay I just need this book to end now. So sorry, anybody that loves the book, sorry to the author. Um, lots of people love your book. It does not matter that I don't. Um, but um, yeah, I'd love to hear what people think about it in the group. Yeah, and I've just got like, so I have to mention your book, Brooke, Destination Simple, because I hadn't read it before. Like it, it used to exist before it came out with your current publisher. And I have to say it was just, it was so you, like maybe it's because <laughs> I just know you so well, but it was just so you. It was so gentle and, just well written and the ideas that you expressed in it were just doable, practical, really lovely and gentle. And, yeah, I just needed to give that plug for you because you will never plug oh, thanks, your own girl. book That's on cringe. our podcast. <laughs> and then I've got one more for the fellow fantasy lovers out there, which is Brandon Sanderson, The Final Empire. So this was recommended to me by my friend Shane. Is that one I went looking for Cause after another kind of big non-fiction binge and I was like okay I just need to escape for a while this was a, a nice thick meaty but yeah very satisfying fantasy and, and quite easy to get into fantasy novel like it wasn't one of those ones where you're like oh who is that person and oh
0: yeah okay yeah this was George a R. R. Martin.
1: yes George Martin um yeah <laughs> I, I found it quite easy to get into and follow along with quite quickly and I, I didn't feel like I had to make this huge investment in it so, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. That's good to know because I, I like a good fantasy yeah. um, series.
1: Have you read the
0: Hugh Howey book, Sand?
1: I have. I read it mm. after our last podcast where we talked about books when you mentioned mm. it and I was like, ooh, more Hugh Howey. So, yeah, I, I liked it. I didn't love it in the same way that I, I loved that, Wool, yeah.
0: but... Wool was just, it It created a whole world. Yeah. It really did. And I've since read reviews of people who didn't like the follow-up books to Wool. Like, it's oh, is that the Silo ones or something? Oh, I've read those. Yeah, yeah. There
1: was Wool and then
0: there was... There's Wool, Shift, and Something else. Dust.
1: Yeah, I think I've read all of those. And yeah, yeah. because Wool kind of, there was so much suspense because you just didn't quite know what was going on. But then by the time, yeah, yeah the others came out, you you knew what was going on. But I, I liked them as
0: well. I loved them. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I I get the criticism of yes. them, but I loved them. I, I was, I'd suspended my disbelief. I didn't care. I was all yeah. into that world <laughs> by the time that I got to them because Wool was just one of the, the most... I don't know, it, it was fun, but also.
1: It was just compelling. Fun. It was compelling yeah. reading.
0: Yeah. And. No, oh, I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, And Jules is still such a a real person.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. I've got more, but because I read a lot, I read a lot of books, Same. but you know, we could go for another half hour or so, but maybe we'll. Maybe, <laughs> we'll, to s- the <laughs> maybe we'll save that for another episode. Yeah. Sounds good.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Let It Be. If you want to connect with Kelly or myself, you can find us on social media. Kelly is at Kelly Exeter on Twitter. And on Facebook, if you search for A Life Less Frantic, you will find her there. And on uh, Twitter, I'm at Brooklyn Callery. And on Facebook, I'm at Slow Your Home. And uh, if you wanted to either reach out to us on Twitter, you can use hashtag LetItBePod. Or uh, head over to LetItBe.fm, and you can find our show notes and other information about the show. Uh, Finally, if you wanted or felt, you know, the desire to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, that would be wonderful, and um, you know, we we read them all, and we appreciate you taking the time to listen and then uh, tell us what you think. for your ease who is that hi puck pass